presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you to talk about it's the game of the week. Who are we kidding? It is the Dolphins. It is the Bills. Miami fresh off of scoring 70. And really, they were a field goal away if they wanted to of uh, setting the record for most points scored in an NFL game. Uh, But instead, they hung 70 on the Broncos. And now the strength of competition gets a wee bit tougher against the Bills, a divisional foe. It's Buffalo at home as two and a half point favorites. The total has, uh, quote unquote, skyrocketed up to 53 and a half. Joe, as far as analyzing this game, where would you like to start? Well, uh, we could make that uh, that same argument that you just pointed out about the Dolphins, about the Bills, right? Because you had the Jets, yes, tough defense, but the worst quarterback in ever, apparently, was Zach Wilson. (laughs) And then it was Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Sam Howell, what they ended up doing to him last week. And maybe it's because it's the Bills' defense. So this is a significant step up in class Uh, for the Bills. But, you know, what I find most interesting is, yes, we should give Miami all the credit in the world, all of the players, all of the coaches. They've earned that. But let's not forget, oh, this Bills offense is really good. It's really, really good. I I put them right right there, like second, I think, after the Dolphins when we did that for our power rankings, best offenses, not named the Bills. I had the not named rather the Dolphins. I had the Bills very, very high. And, and they should be. They're third in the NFL and EPA per play, third in success rate. They had a ground game going right now. They haven't had that threat forever. Like they were just right? shuffling <laughs> the ever. running back. We, we need another new running back. Oh, it's not working. We need another new running back. Even though we don't like to run the ball, we need that threat a little bit. But now they are multidimensional for the first time. Uh, it, it's been a long time since the Dolphins have taken out the Bills. You have to go back to 2016. Now, I think the game certainly changed in historical stuff you don't want to take a look at pre-Mike McDaniel too much. But in McDermott's time in Buffalo, he's done very good against Tua. Very good. Obviously, last year the number's much better for Miami. But over the course of time, he, he, he knows how to coordinate a defense, and that's what he is this year. He's back to being uh, the, the coordinator. And Josh Allen, I, I know part of it is need, but he has not been pushing the ball down the field. Everything is much shorter. The, the A dot right. is, is way down. Um, we're starting to see Vic Fangio's impact, too. When everything's about the, the offense, we're kind of forgetting that the defense has actually played much, much better than what we saw in week number one. Don't forget what happened in that first week against the Chargers. They did give up a ton, an explosive offense. So what are you going to do on the road against an explosive offense in the Bills? Uh, before um, this past weekend, when you know everybody's been saying 70 all week for good reason, the number was three and a half, and it cut through down to two and a half. You still have two and a halfs out there. Some places have gone to three, and it, it's pretty clear what a lot of the sharper betters are doing. They see value. Buffalo at home, Buffalo inside of a field goal. That's what they're going to take, and I'm with them. I like this, this spot for Buffalo, uh, minus two and a half. 
my model says this is a perfect number, so no play on the side for me. And despite the public loving to bet on the over 53 and a half here, I think there's a good argument to be made for the under. And Joe, you alluded to one of the, uh, the key things here. The Bills are in 12 personnel, meaning two tight ends, close to 50% of the time. This is death by a thousand cuts with Stefan Diggs over the top, you know, if and when necessary. The ground game with James Cook and Josh Allen, that's something that they're relying upon a good bit. So ball control matters a great deal. Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, uh, he may have a fantastic outing in a contest like this. But to me, this Bills offense is not exactly what we've seen over the last couple of years, where it's been more about the deep ball than anything else. Like when Gabe Davis went off, it was all about the deep ball. But now it is death by a thousand cuts. They're just fine playing that way. And this Dolphins defense may have to adjust a little bit so that they can game plan for such things. The problem, though, is are you fine, you know, getting killed over the top with deep passes? That, that's going to be a big question there. But when it comes to the Dolphins, They are in 21 personnel 61% of the time. It is all about getting rid of the football quickly and having these speedsters get into open space. Not just Tyreek Hill, but the running backs as well. That is also a super important thing. By the way, did you see uh, Adam Schefter's tweet about uh, wanting to be called Devon A-Chan instead of A-Chain? Dude, you know, these rookies, I'm telling you, I had the same (laughs) thought. And I, I think you are the only one that I've heard that says Puka's name correctly. Maybe, maybe out west that you've heard others like these rookies. I, Puka hasn't done that, right? No. Because everybody calls him Nakua and right. it's Nakua, Nakua correctly, it's right? Nakua. Yeah. He's done. He's done enough where he should, you know, he could, he could yeah, make, get the I wouldn't darn say name anything. right. I wouldn't say anything if he's like, hey, guys, by the, by the way, maybe he doesn't want to jinx anything. Maybe he's one of those dudes. Right. But, so it's – I still haven't been saying A-Chan this week. So it's A-Chan? Uh-huh. A-Chan. Yeah. Okay. I did see the tweet. Yeah. But I haven't heard anybody say right. A-Chan either. So. <laughs> you, you, you know, one of the reasons why I'm so paranoid about this stuff, aside from just wanting to get it right, because these are human beings and you want to pronounce your names correctly. But uh, back when I covered Auburn, uh, there was a defensive player called, called uh, Corey Lemonnier. And mm-hmm. Gene Chizik, his head coach, kept calling him Corey Lemonier. And everyone at Auburn kept calling him Corey Lemonier. But it turns out it's Lemonnier. And once he got to the pros, he like made a nice, polite correction to anybody and everybody who would listen. And that just stuck with me because I would hear a lot of NFL reporters call him Lemonier. And I'm like, guys, you know, it's Lemonier, right? And they're like, no, no, no. He corrected us. Oh, okay. So I'm the one with egg on my face. That one incident just changed mm-hmm. my life. And now I am just paranoid to making sure that, you know, I get these names correctly. But, you know, I, I guess it's I would... here nor there. Okay, maybe this is a little Joe Theismann for Heisman, Joe Theismann thing back yeah, back Theismann. when uh, he was at Notre Dame. But yeah. I would have – maybe I would have kind of stuck with A-Chain. Move the chains, running back. Like, I, I think – Right. But, like, that's not his name. His parents might be mad at that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely they are. You know, yeah. we finally get to pass along the name to a national audience, all that stuff, and then it gets mispronounced, and then, you know, everything uh, falls apart. So I certainly get that. You know, I think when it comes to the Dolphins, you know, first off, I like this underplay. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. 
Uh, as far as props go, you know, nothing is standing out to me except, you know, if you like a James Cook over, I think that's perfectly fine here. Tyreek Hill should still be the guy, so that's fine there too. But I think one of the things that maybe we need to, you know, think about when it comes to a paradigm shift with the Dolphins, maybe Tua will be okay as far as health is concerned because he gets rid of the ball so quickly that it alleviates, you know, any kind of oncoming pass rush. So that will certainly help in a game like this against the Bills. But also, too, it's going to keep him healthy, right? Like, guys can't hit him after he gets rid of the ball. Or if they do, it's a penalty. So I think it's not just offensive line protection that's helping the cause, but just getting rid of the ball quickly, maybe that's one reason why Miami should keep this game close and you're comfortable betting on them in future contests knowing full well that two is going to be out there. And by the way, Waddle's going to be out there this week. That's uh, one change from last week. He's going to be back out there, cleared concussion protocol early in the week, has been practicing in full, so no questions there. Is it small sample size theater when we see that this Dolphins defense is dead last in success rate? And we were just going over how how the the Bills kind of, you know, bring it down the field a little bit different. It's not just the, the deep bomb that we were used to. I, I have to believe so much of that is context, just in mm-hmm. terms of getting out to huge leads and then other teams having to throw the ball a lot. I don't, I don't read too much into that. In fact, probably what that means is that we don't know if they're good or bad. Could be a either yeah. either. But know. we just don't know because Tua and company, they're just going off at this rate. So yeah. I don't know if there's too much I can read into that. But what it does tell me, though, is that Buffalo is, is going to try and install this offense as, one more time, death by a thousand cuts. And that's fine. It, like, if they think they can win that way, that's okay. Ball control and, and sort of force two and company to win every time they're out there and sort of limit the number of possessions they might have. I, I think that's how this game goes under and how it stays close, probably with a Bills victory. Yeah, something you need to be uh, careful of because obviously last week, non-competitive. Right. But those first two games were competitive. That was a shootout, very close in the end against the Chargers. And then we had the Sunday night football game uh, against the Patriots. That was pretty pretty close throughout. Ended up being a one-score game in the end. Uh, New England had a chance. So um, when you're talking about one-third of it, then it could throw everything off. Let's move on now to a team that uh, you might be slightly familiar with, and that's the Chicago Bears uh, taking on the Denver Broncos. And Denver, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. The total is 46. Joe, this is going to be a disgusting argument that I'm about to make, but I kind of like Bears three-and-a-half here. I think there's a play. I I can't take them on the money line. I'm not going to be crazy here. But I do think, though – When you look at this Denver secondary, it is atrocious. I know I've mentioned this before, but like Damari Mathis and company being guys who opposing quarterbacks have uh, picked on, but the problem has also involved Patrick Sertan. You look at receptions over expected, every defensive back is struggling. And it's not just the Miami game. Even prior to that, none of these defensive backs have been playing very well. This secondary is absolutely atrocious. And while I don't think Chicago can win this game, I do think that Justin Fields can do just enough to keep it close. When a secondary is that bad, then things can fall apart for the favored team. I think Bears plus three and a half is live. 
I'm glad you said that you don't think the Bears can win this game because I am very close, sir, to taking Broncos and Survivor. I'm kind of like, I don't care. After what I had, the yeah. Jaguars hurt me so much. <laughs> I'm like, why not live on the edge? Why not take these Denver Broncos uh, as a three-and-a-half-point road favorite? Just need you to win against the worst team, the team that is on now a 13-game losing streak. And um, you mentioned the Broncos secondary. I present to you the Bears secondary. Just about everyone is hurt. Eddie Jackson not mm-hmm. practicing. Jalen Johnson has not been practicing. Josh Blackwell not been practicing this week. It looks like it's going to be all backups, and the Broncos have been moving the football. I like the over. I feel like nobody's talking yeah, about I the over. Too. These are clearly the two worst defenses in football. Justin Fields has to be able to do something. 46 is not that large of a number. I am with you 100%. The over is a fantastic play, and the Bears can do their part here. So that one's good, and I'm going to hold my nose, but Bears plus three and a half. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, some divisional battles we will break down right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.